welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. folks, we are so blessed. The blessed people call us blessed. Amen. Well, uh, why don't you stand up again and uh, release faith with me. We appreciate the prayer that's already gone forth. And, and um, you know, uh, we don't know uh, even what to pray for as we ought, the scripture said. And, and uh, no man or woman has the ability to minister everything that's going on in a group, a room full of people's lives. But the Holy Spirit can. He, he can minister to absolutely everybody in every area simultaneously and so amazingly effectively. Do you believe that you can hear from the Lord tonight and, and get some things just like Pastor was talking about? Well, Father, we do, all of us, agree together, touching these things. Uh, thank you for already hearing our prayers. And we, yes, yes, we, let's do that first. Um, before we do anything else, uh, the Lord has sustained us through uh, 2020. Yes. Hasn't he? Yes. And through just so many things leading up to this present hour in this present time, I think it is absolutely appropriate that we lift our hands, we lift our voices, and we say thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for sustaining us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for meeting our needs. Thank you for answering our prayers. Thank you for keeping us spirit, soul, mind, body, family. Thank you. Thank you for keeping our churches and our ministries. Thank you. 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 Oh, somebody say thank you. Praise you, Lord. 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 Thank you, great Father. Thank you, good Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And so, Lord, we we do give you all the credit and all the praise and all the glory that we are standing still and that we are continuing still. And so we, we look to you for what we need for now and tomorrow and the days to come. We, we ask you for that which brings us into and up to the next level. Yes. In 
in you. We ask for light and revelation and guidance and answers and truth and a supply of your Holy Spirit and impartations and additional anointing, additional and increase in revelation and equipping. We ask for it. We know it's your will, so we know you hear us, and we thank you for granting our request. And by faith, we believe we receive it in Jesus' name. Somebody say, I receive it. By faith, I thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. Get glory to yourself in us in every way. Hallelujah. Get glory to yourself. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. We're blessed. Hallelujah to be, have made it this far. And the same God that got us this far, He will take us the rest of the way. Right? I know... Uh, uh, you can just remain standing a minute if you will. You'll get to sit plenty long here in just a little bit. Uh, in the first days, early years of uh, my ministry, our ministry, I was involved in healing a whole lot. And still am, but uh, it was morning, noon, and, and evening at that point. And um, so I studied those that had been used a lot in those areas back generations ago. And what I saw is that a lot of people, even though they obviously knew some amazing things about God and saw amazing things and experienced amazing things, many of them were cut short and didn't make it as obvious they didn't run their, a full course. They didn't make it to a full race. How many know the scripture said, with long life? I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. Well, actually, that's a summary of that entire psalm, that 91st psalm. One translation says, with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you how I can save. Well, uh, that's exactly what that whole psalm is talking about. How do you make it to old age and in good shape? Well, the era didn't get you. The pestilence didn't get you. Come on, can you see? The plague didn't get you. Can you see all the things that he was talking about in the first part of the psalm? You were either spared from or delivered from or healed from or whatever. Elsewise, you wouldn't have made it to long life and being satisfied. And so when I saw that I thought, Lord, what uh, you know, how can I make it all the way when some so many other people and even people that knew things about you that I don't even know yet, how can I make it? And without going into a lot of detail, the Lord quickened to me that um, uh, two big things. One is that I must remain teachable. I must remain correctable, teachable. And he even spoke to me about some of the ones that I was bringing up to him that he did send some of the best correction in their generation to them and they wouldn't listen to it. They wouldn't receive it and they wouldn't make any changes and so that eventually led to them being cut off and cut short. How many know you don't know it all? That's not everybody's hand. Come on, I don't want to go around again. How many know you don't know it all? Huh? If Paul says, 
we only know in part and he had the revelation that he had where does that leave most folks they only know part of the part of the part and that means there's all these parts you don't know and that's where you can get in trouble is all the stuff you don't know but the Lord will take care of you if you'll listen if you'll be correctable if you'll be teachable a whole lot can be said about that. Yeah. Uh, but then, and also the Lord quickened to me that I, I had to rely not just on myself to make it. I had to rely on Him. Hmm? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And I, I, got, to, I got to see it that if I would uh, keep my heart right and stay correctable and, and, and just keep relying on Him every day and night, that keep that's my name, was going to make it. I, I got to believe I'm going to make it. You can't believe that for me. You can believe it with me, but you can't believe it for me. And I can't believe for you that you're going to make it all the way. Nobody can believe that for you. Right. Only with you. And I became convinced that Keith's going to make it. I'm waiting to hear about you. What are you? I, I have become fully persuaded yes. that if Keith messes up, that the Lord's going to help Keith, yes. and Keith's going to listen. Yes. And if Keith falls, the Lord will pick Keith back up again. And if Keith falls ninety times, the Lord will pick yes. Keith up ninety times. Yes. And by the why God loves Keith, yes. and Keith loves God, and then. With that kind of help, I'm going to make it all the way. I'm going to run my race and finish my entire course and reach out and hit the finish line. <laughs> Having done what I should do in my life and in my... Come on, sit out loud. I'm going to make it. I'm, I'm going to make it all the way. I am going to finish my complete course. Hallelujah. Now nobody can believe that for you. The devil will do his best to, to lie to you and convince you of something else. He will do his best to convince you that you're not going to make it. You're just not going to make it. That you can't make it. And it's lies. 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 If God helps somebody else to make it, he's no respecter of persons. He'll help you to make it. Right? And if they can make it and run a, their entire race, you, it's God's will. It's absolutely God's will that you run your entire race, finish your complete course with joy. Finishing your, your course with joy means you don't go out with a whimper. You go out with a shout. You leave here in victory. Amen. Don't believe anything else. Don't believe anything else except that. You can be seated. Look with me please in the scriptures if you brought a Bible. If not, let's see if your neighbor has one. Smile at them and slide over where you can see. Romans 12. Romans 12. The thing I believe the Lord put on my heart 
for these services, and we'll, we'll see. I've never ministered on like this before. So um, we prayed. You're believing with me, I, I suppose, right? You're good, because that, that affects you. <laughs> uh, what comes in us and through us. Romans 12. So much in this great chapter, but I want you to just notice in the uh, second verse, Romans 12, it says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed, you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And he leads with the word good. Everybody say good. Verse 9, skip down to there. He says, let love be without dissimulation, or in other words, let it be sincere, no hypocrisy, and abhor that which is evil, and cleave to that which is good. Did you hear that? Abhor that which is evil. Did you know there are some things you you are supposed to hate? Yes. Yes. Not people, but evil. Yes. Hmm? Yeah, I think some folks have not understood that. They're like, oh, well, you 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 know, we we're people of love. We we love everything. No, no, we don't love everything. No, and in fact, we're not supposed to be lukewarm or uh, non-committal about some things. There are some things God expects us to passionately hate and to be absolutely against. And, uh, and he sums it up in this one word, what? Evil. Abhor. Uh, despise and hate evil. And what else? Cleave to the good. Abhor what's evil and cleave to that which is good. And so you, you will see these two words hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times in the Bible. Evil and good. Mm-hmm. The word evil, let me just give a little bit of definition on it. It's, uh, we don't use that word as commonly. I mean, we do use it in our vernacular, but usually we would use the word bad today instead of evil. And of course, that is, what's the opposite of good? Bad. And uh, that's a correct uh, definition. But uh, one of the definitions, and some of them overlap, is worthless. Evil is worthless, and evil is also harmful. Yeah. Evil is, um, it causes hurt. Evil causes pain and loss. Is God evil? No. You had a quick answer on that, and I'm glad you did. But the truth is, much of the church-going world believes that God is involved in evil. 
and that evil is his mysterious unknowable will to work out things for the greater good and by that I mean they believe that the end justifies the means. That even though it may be terrible and awful, if in the end it results in something good, then that sanctified the whole process to get there. And that is absolutely contrary to the Bible, contrary to God, untrue. The end does not justify the means. Are y'all with me, church? There are things we there are things you can pick up from the world, sayings and things that people believe, and things you can even pick up from uh, your parents or school teachers or especially university teachers, and even grandma and grandpa. Things going back, things you picked up in church that preachers said that is contrary to the word of God. But people pick it up and, and remember what Jesus told the most religious people of his day leaders. He said, your traditions have made the word of God of no effect. Now think about that. <laughs> that the word of God that should be producing good in your life is stopped and is not producing good because it's been replaced with traditions that sound good but are actually evil. This is one of the biggest tricks of the enemy that he has pulled off generation to generation to generation. He, he couches things in religious jargon and language to make it appear good when it is actually at its core evil are bad. And it's not hard to figure out why, because uh, if the fruit and result is bad, then the cause was bad. Hmm? Didn't Jesus say that? If the, the tree, a bad tree produces bad fruit. Didn't Jesus say that? And a good tree produces good fruit. And people say, well, you know, it's, it's a good tree, it's a, it's a good plan, but it sure was a bad outcome. And all the stuff we believe and all our tenets, I mean, it's good and solid, but we don't know why everything's going off the rails. Huh? No, no. If it's good, it'll produce good things. Huh? If it's good and it's right, it will produce good and right fruit. If it's producing bad stuff, then the core of it's bad. No matter how religious it may be, religious doesn't make it God. Spiritual doesn't make it God. Are y'all with me, friends? We, are we okay? So evil is bad. And evil does harm and hurt and damage. Does it sound like, I mean, we know the devil's evil, right? And Jesus said he doesn't come unless he comes to do what? Steal is stealing evil. Hmm? Is it justifiable if you're really in need? No. Uh-uh. No, the end doesn't justify the means. Killing. Hmm? Destroying. 
No. See, that's evil. Well, what about good? What is good? Good is the opposite of, of bad and of evil. Good is beneficial. Good benefits you. Good is also uh, beautiful. That's, that's why I'm giving you definitions. Good is helpful. Helping. Benefiting. Increasing. Is blessing good? All these things sound like blessing, don't they? Well, blessing comes from the blesser. Is God good? I mean, we've said it for a long time, but there's a lot more revelation to be had on this, brother, sister. I said, is God good? How good is he? <laughs> when is he good? When does he stop being good? God is good. Light, God is. God is light. God is life. God is good. God is love. Love is good. Hate is bad. You're talking about hating people and hating the creation of God. But we should hate evil because evil hurts God's people. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. I know I, um, I had the privilege of working, like I said, in Brother Hagin's ministry and healing school for a number of years. And we saw a lot of good things happen. And there are also sometimes we didn't see everything we wanted to see. But I have seen the ugly face of disease. I've seen it close up. We've all seen it, just living down here on the earth, but some have seen it more than others. Those that work in healthcare have seen how ugly it is. And it is absolute blasphemy to claim that God is the author and source of disease. Amen. I said, it's blasphemy. It's bad. Can you imagine? In the beginning, God made everything the way he wanted it to be. Amen. Hmm? Look in Genesis. When God created the heaven and the earth and all the plant life and all the, the, the animal life and all the things that he made and he finished and he stood back and he said... It's good. <laughs> In fact, it's very good. Can you look at AIDS and cancer and go, behold, it's very good? No. There was no decay. There was no cellular breakdown. There was no aging. There was no curse. Hmm? There was no minus 30 temp or plus 105. <laughs> Didn't exist. There were no earthquakes. There were no tornadoes. It was, it, nothing was too wet. Nothing was too dry. Because God made it the way it was supposed to be. And all this stuff that has happened as the result of sin and the fall and the curse is not an improvement. Right. On God's original design, and if it's defacing and deforming His creation and destroying it, how can it please Him? I mean, it'd be like going to somebody that painted a masterpiece. 
a one of a kind, a master painter. And so you coming along with your crayons and your watercolors and changing it up and working on it. You didn't improve it. No. Right? And disease and deformity and problems that come and twist up God's uh, the, the human body and, and, and kill it and distort it and twist it until it barely even resembles a human form. How does that please God? How does that bless him that it has distorted and hurt his creation? And you fast forward from the book of Genesis and you get to the end of the book of Revelation when everything has been restored, God is creating a new heaven and a new earth wherein is no curse. And he said there will be no more crying, no more sorrow, no more dying, no more pain, no more curse. That's the will of God. It was the will of God. It hadn't changed. It will be the will of God. And all this stuff happening now in between is not the will of God. And if it's evil, you need to call it evil. There are people on the planet starved today for lack of something good to eat. There's no way that's the will of God. Are y'all with me, child of God? You know what that is? That's poverty. That's lack. And so don't tell me if enough lack will kill you and cut off your life, then you're not being able to pay a bill. That's a little bit of the same evil stuff that's killing people from hunger. Poverty is evil. Lack is evil. Disease is evil. Mental anguish and torment is evil. Anything that hurts, that harms, that destroys is evil. And God is good. So, oh, somebody say good. God is God is good. God God is beautiful. God is beneficial. God is helpful. Is that right? God is healing. God is restoring. God is peace. God is joy. God is victory. God is freedom. God is love. God is light. God is good. Good. He's good in the morning. He's good at lunchtime. He's good when the sun goes down. He's good every day of the week and on the weekend. He's good on holidays. He's good. He's good when you wake up. He's good when you leave the house. He's good when you come back. He's good when you lay down. Oh, somebody say, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Why am I, why am I going on about this? Because the devil has convinced most of the people on the planet that he's not. That's right. Oh, they don't readily say it. They don't openly say it. And yet they attribute all of this evil to him. Yes. Why did God take these, these little ones in these accidents? Why did God take my daughter in this car wreck? Why did God take, you know, my mother in this tornado? Why did, he did not take them. He didn't do it. Now, if they're believers, he received them. I said he received them when they came to him, but don't accuse him of taking them, cutting them off in young life, midlife with something evil like a wreck or an accident or a storm or a disease 
It's blasphemy, child of God. To the thing that the Lord warned the religious leaders of his day about is when they accused the works he did of being by Beelzebub. The devil. You remember that? They said, oh, he does what they accused Jesus. They said, he's doing these healings, these miracles by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And Jesus warned them. He said, if you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, they're accusing, uh, they're saying what the Holy Spirit was doing was of the devil. He, he said, you won't, you won't be forgiven of that. So, does it matter what we say about these things? It does. No, it's real easy. Real easy. If it was good, it was God. Huh? If it was bad, it's between you and the devil. <laughs> Maybe a cooperative effort. I don't know. But it, but it wasn't God. I said, but it wasn't God. Because every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights, and He never changes. I said, He never changes. He never changes. He never has a let's do evil Tuesday or whatever. Never. Never. It's always good, 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 good. And then he does good and more good. And I know there's a lot of evil stuff happening on the planet, but I'm telling you, it's not God. It's not him. It's not him. Read it out loud again. What did he say to do with evil? Abhor it. Somebody say, I hate evil. I do. I mean, I despise the thing that cuts people's life off short and makes children suffer. Are are y'all listening? And tears families apart. I I hate it. With a passion. I'm against it. I'm on a mission. (laughs) Are y'all with me? What what can you do with it? The truth will make you free. I said the truth will make you free. I'm on a mission to get the truth out. In power. I'm, I'm on a mission. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, natural, but they are mighty through God. Right? And there's something we can do about it. And you don't have to be a preacher to do something about it yourself. You believe the truth. You get free. You quit believing lies. And anybody listen to you, you tell them how God sets you free. You're anointed to be a witness everywhere you go. This ain't a preacher thing. Anybody that'll listen, you tell them the truth. That God's not our problem. He's our answer. Abhor the evil, cling to, cleave to the good. Well, in order for that to happen, you're going to have to be able to discern between what's evil and what's good. So you're not clinging to some evil, calling it good, or you're not rejecting something uh, that's good, calling it evil. Keep reading. Keep on reading down to uh, verse 14. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Is this a suggestion? No. Huh? You can call it a command. It's an instruction. It's an order, if you will. It's an order. 
Should you take it like that? Yes. You'll find some of these modern translation, translations have done a great disservice to different passages of Scripture. Some of the modern translations, they'll, they'll add phrases like, do your best to do this. Try to do this or do your best. That is not in the Bible. The Lord never told you to try anything or attempt to do anything or do your best. That's not in the Bible. Why? Well, that would imply either that he, uh, he wouldn't know if you could do it or not, or that you might not be able to do what he told you to do. Neither of those can be true. We're talking about God here. No, when he tells you to do something, the, the words that came out of him telling you to do it enable you to do it. Come on, can you see that? If you think, well, I can't do that. He just told you to do it. That means now you can. His words are empowerment. His words are enablement. You got to remember, this is the one that said light be and now light is. So when he tells you, like Pastor was saying, be strong, you go, okay, I receive it. And then you agree with him, no matter how you feel, didn't the Bible say, let the weak say, I am strong. You start calling yourself, what, agree with him, and next thing you know, your feelings will change. But he said, uh, on this, he said, bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Why would he need to say that? Because you'll be tempted to try to respond in like kind. I used to uh, be involved in some sport fighting. Uh, Shotokan, Taekwondo, and the, and the classic karate styles. And, um, uh, you know, if you've never been hit in the face real hard, <laughs> then you may not know what I'm talking about. But it, it goes all over you. It does something to you. I... <laughs> I was uh, I was sparring with a guy some years ago, and he was supposed to be an amateur, but he was trying to trick me and love me. He wanted he's trying to tell me teach me teach me, and he was actually an experienced fighter, and so he was waiting till I had my guard down. And man, he nailed me right in the mouth. I mean, so hard uh, I couldn't see. You get hit hard enough, your eyes will watch up and you can't see and I thought what did this guy just do but I'm really not even thinking that I'm just you know what I'm thinking <laughs> can, can y'all imagine what, what I'm thinking I'm thinking give me a minute just give give me a minute <laughs> let me get to where I can see and then what's my plan can anybody help me out with a <laughs> I was, I think I was 17 years old when this is what I'm talking about. What's my plan? I'm going to show him uh, how this feels. And in fact, I'm, I'm planning on adding some to it. To what I just experienced. And you don't have to try to think about this. It just goes all over you. And you're just, I mean, the, you know, the pores of your skin are saying, hit him back, hit him back, hit him back, hit, hit him harder, hit him, hit him. 
<laughs> but now put this back up again. What did the word say? Those that persecute you. Now this is not an isolated verse. I mean the Lord said that too. Uh, hold your place here. Go over to Luke 6. Hold your, hold your place here. Are y'all okay? Yes. yes. Luke 6 and 27. Jesus speaking here. He said, uh, I say to you, which here, Luke 6, 27, love your enemies. Now this is not the law. I've heard people say, well, you know, Jesus taught the law. And so, uh, you know, some people try to leave the impression that G what Jesus said and taught and preached was pre-grace. And so his words were to the Jewish community, not really to us. That's untrue. That's a big mistake. The scripture says that the law and the prophets were until John. John the Baptist. Are y'all with me? Am I quoting scripture or not? And just if you want to get understanding on this, go to Matthew 5 and read it carefully. That whole message that Jesus preached, he said, basically, the law said, but I say. Right? And he's not teaching the law. He's teaching being led by the Spirit. Right. He's teaching, he's introducing the new covenant yeah. right. that he's about to go pay for. And so that's, that's wrong mentality. And of course, who would want you to disrespect Jesus' words and say they're not for you today? That's the devil. Hmm? And or confused people. No, no, no. But that's what Jesus, I mean, the, the, the uh, law did not say love your enemies. No, you loved your neighbor, you loved your fellow Israelite, and you hated your enemies. And that was all legit. And um, how many remember laws? Eye for an eye. Right? I mean, they do something to you, you do, you do it back to them. I mean, you got scripture for it. <laughs> so if I had been, you know, uh, a couple of thousand years ago, I could have hit that guy back really hard and had scripture for it. <laughs> but I'm not a couple of thousand years back. I'm here in the age of the New Testament and the New Covenant. Is that right? And what and the Lord introducing that, he said, but, and that's what he's saying, he, he's contrasting this with the law. I say to you, which here, love your enemies and do good to them that hate you. Say it out loud. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Say it again. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. Alright. Say it out loud with me together. Love your enemies and do good to them that hate you. We're going to say it five more times. Love your enemies 
and do good to them that hate you. What about your enemies? Love your enemies and do good to them that hate you. Love your enemies. And what about people that hate you and do mean, hateful things to you? You do good to them. Say it again. Love your enemies. Do good to them that hate you. One more time. Love your enemies and do good to them that hate you. Verse 28 says, bless them that curse you. They curse you and you bless them. Huh? And, and for those that despitefully use you, what are you going to do? Going to pray for them. Really? Is that what your flesh wants to do? Is that what your flesh feels like doing? <laughs> now, I think a lot of folks have, they know that's in the Bible. <laughs> and they know that's the highest ideal, <laughs> ideals of Christianity and what a really good Christian should do. <laughs> but, you know, they don't have to work where you have to work. And they don't have to deal with the people you have to deal with. And they don't have to pastor the people you have to pastor. <laughs> or they don't have the pastors that you have. Huh? And they don't have the family that you have. And the kinfolks that you have. They don't have the neighbors that you have. Huh? And, and of course, they didn't have the internet back then. And they didn't have all these people posting all these lies about you. What about your enemies? Love your enemies. That has, is, is everybody awake? Is everybody awake? That has nothing to do with how you feel. Nothing to do with how you feel. Love is a choice. That's right. Love is a choice, not a feeling. Like faith is a choice, not a feeling. Faith has nothing to do with how you feel. Is everybody awake? Man, this is so important. If you think, well, I don't know about that. Man, get this figured out. Because if, if, if you think that's wrong, you don't know a thing in the world about it. That's right. Faith is a choice. Yes. So is walking in love. You're walking in love the strongest when you feel like letting somebody have it. <laughs> I mean, you feel like telling them where to get off. You feel like giving them a good backhand. You, you feel like, and yet you don't. You get a hold of yourself. Uh, you bite your tongue. And you can catch yourself in mid-sentence. You can go, let me tell you something. God loves you. And I love you. And, and I'm going to go pray right now. I'm going to go away. And we'll talk about this later. 
Yes. That's being spiritual. You can yield to the outer man, you can yield to the flesh, or there's something else inside you, the greater ones inside you, and the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit, and you can let that love dominate you. You can let that love rule you. But it's a choice. And so when the Lord, when the Lord says love your, love your enemies, He's not talking about have feeling wonderful, cozy feelings about them. Right. No, 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 no. Now you walk in love enough, it'll change your feelings. That's right. Your feelings will actually change. But that may not happen the first week or three. Right. Is everybody, is everybody? Wait. Forgiveness has nothing to do with feelings. That's right. It's a choice. Yes. You choose to forgive somebody. It's not based on how you feel. How they feel about you or how you feel about them. In fact, it is forgiveness as compared to release of debt. Isn't it? Yes. In what we call the Lord's Prayer. Yes. He included that. If you read Luke's account, Matthew's account, he talked about, you know, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And Jesus gave more than one uh, parable about this. So if, let's say, you know, you owed me $1,000 and we had paperwork on it. And one day I decide, I'm, I'm just going to forgive you. And I tell you, I got the paperwork, I tear it up, I hand it to you, I say, you don't owe me this anymore. Another way of saying it is I forgave the debt. Well, if the end of the week I got a bill comes up and I could really use that thousand dollars and I'm thinking, you know, I had a thought cross my mind. Why did I do that? Well, I already did it though. Is that right? Regardless of how I feel about it and what feelings may come, it was a choice. It was an act and you don't owe it anymore. That's exactly how we forgive each other. It's exactly how we do it. It's just a choice. It's a decision. And you need to do it. And there are times you, even if you're by yourself, you need to say it right out loud. If there's something you've been holding on to and a grudge and, and something else, you, you need to say it out loud. You, uh, you, that, that person, uh, what they did to me, uh, in Jesus' name, I forgive it. I release it. They owe me nothing. Not an apology. Not an explanation. Not to try to make it right. I tear up the paperwork. I forgive them. They owe me nothing. Now, next week, the enemy may try to bring to you and remember what they did to you. And you need to say, that doesn't matter. I forgave them. And even if you let yourself think about it too much and it made you mad again, it ran on you, it doesn't make any difference. You forgave them. Amen. You say, quit that. Quit thinking about that. I've forgiven them. Amen. It's a choice. Yes. Sit out loud. Love, Love is a choice. choice. Faith, Faith is a choice. choice. Forgiveness, Forgiveness is a choice, choice. Not, a not a feeling. Didn't say for God so loved the world yes. that he had a feeling. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he loved us while we were still his enemies. Right. That doesn't make you feel wonderful. Right. Wow. 
I mean, a planet full of people blaspheming his name, doing everything in the world except caring about what he wants or their, his plan for their life. He loved us before we ever knew him. He loved us while the world was his enemy. It was a choice he made to love us. He said, I've loved you with an everlasting love. It's a choice he's made. And that's one of the amazing things about love. You know, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says love never fails. It also means love never ends. And um, uh, people, uh, let me say it like this, there's no defense against the love of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. hmm? You make a choice to love somebody not based on what they do or didn't do or how you feel about them or any of that. And they can say, well, I don't want you to love me uh, tough. You can't, you can't do anything about it. <laughs> I made a decision. Too. Is that right? That's right. Well, I'm going to make you stop. You can't. It's a choice. It is. There's no weapon that can be formed effective against God. And those who are His and walking with Him, there's no weapon formed against us that can prosper. Even hit the mark or even be effective. And love is one of those things. The devil has nothing to tear it apart. He has nothing to make it stop. There is no weapon or effort successful against the love of God. Hallelujah. It's forever. It never ends. It doesn't fail. Can you say amen? Amen. Go back to to Romans, please. Boy, at this rate, I hope you can come back. Because we're still on the text. Romans 12, are you there? Romans 12, 14. 14 says uh, bless them which persecute you now that could also be translated they, they chase you they pressure you they harass you hmm? if people are chasing you harassing you pressuring you bothering you it doesn't make you want to bless them so it'd have to be a choice. Right? That you're not going to act how you feel. And uh, don't curse them. And in other words, those that curse you, you don't curse them. Now, like we said before, Christians know this is in the Bible. Christians know this is the right thing to do. But there's more to it than that. Than it just being the right thing to do. One of the biggest reasons the Lord says this to us is for our benefit. Not the person who's harassing us. The reason he tells us this and didn't suggest it, he commands it in multiple places, is because this protects you. This protects you. And this benefits you. Hold, hold, well, let me see. Um, See if I can go there right now or not. Now keep reading. We're not done with the text. Uh, 
Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one to another. Bind, mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. In other words, if it was just up to you, you'd get along with everybody. Amen. That's how it should be. And he goes on to say, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Now he's already said, uh, don't recompense evil for evil. So he's reaffirming these same thoughts. Don't avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. And that's God's wrath too. For it's written, the Lord said, vengeance is mine. So then it's not yours. We might say it like this, payback. Right. Said out loud, payback, payback. Yeah. belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to me. It's not mine. He said, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. I will repay, says the Lord, which is one of the reasons why you would pray for somebody is because if you're going to love your enemy, you don't want to see them destroyed. Right, right, right. Even if they hate you, mm -hmm. you still know that a soul is valuable. Yeah, that's good. And that God loves them. That's why he paid the price that he did for them. I'm not the judge. It's not in my hands. But he is the righteous judge. And if they don't repent, if they never repent, they got judgment to look forward to. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see them judged in this life. Certainly not after this. Which is why you'd pray, Lord, have mercy on them while they're cursing you. Is this Christ-like? Yes. See, this is exactly what the Master did. I mean, when they drove the spikes into his hands and raised him up on the cross, are they, is that evil? Are they causing him pain? Are they doing harm to him and mocking him and blaspheming? What did he say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And they didn't know. They didn't know who he was. And they didn't know what they were doing. This is love. Yes. This is a choice. Can you see this? Yes. Can you live this way? Uh -huh. Yeah, you can. Or the Lord wouldn't have told you to do it. Yes. Right? That's and not only did he tell you to do it, he gave us the love to love with. Yes. When you're born again, he put that love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. It's not a matter that you can't. It's a choice. Right. Will we yield to what he put in us or will we be so carnal and fleshy that we let our feelings and our anger and our rage and our grudge dominate us? And you can as a Christian. You can let, you can let grief, you can let grudge eat you up. And absolutely cloud your mind, rob you of your joy, rob you of your peace. And the thing is, the person you're so mad at, they may be having a high heel time. That's right. They might not have thought about you in the last 10 years. That's right. <laughs> and here you are, miserable, full of venom. Come on, can you see this? Full of hate. I'm talking about a born again child of God. That's right. Now, that's not what God put in your heart, but you can yield to anything. Yeah. It's a choice. 
just destroy you, destroy your relationships, because it's hard to live with a person like that. That's just full of bitterness. Yeah. And of course, if the person they're mad at is not around, guess who they're going to take out their frustrations on? I said, if the person they're so mad at is not around, guess who's they're going to take the frustrations out on? You. Whoever they live with, whoever they're around. It's not right. But it happens every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. People get mad. I read this thing this guy wrote about one time. He said, the guy had a... Uh, 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 bad day at work. He came in, he went through the door, he yelled at his wife, and his wife yelled at the child, and the child kicked the dog, and the dog went and bit the mailman. <laughs> and it's something about how it flows down. <laughs> it's, it's not right to take out your frustrations on the people that you say you care about. That's an evil thing. Is everybody with me? Yes. Do you agree with that? Yes. Then stop it. Yes. Yes. I said stop it. Yes. Don't quit making excuses. Quit quoting that you've got clinical depression or whatever you've named it. Are y'all listening to me now? People get away with what they can get away with. I've, and in, men, in men's meetings, I've talked about this, you know, uh, a man should never hit his wife. Ever. Yeah, but what if she hits me? Don't hit her back. And I've had people say, well, you know, of course the, the wife shouldn't hit her husband either. And uh, I've heard I've heard guys say, "Well, I, I just got so mad, I, I didn't know what I was doing." I said, "Yeah, I'd like to do an experiment. Let's get you know a three hundred pound linebacker, right, for a professional football player, and let's get you really, really mad with him, <laughs> and see if you can keep from slapping him." <laughs> People do what they can get away with. People do the same thing. They blow up. And I actually had a guy tell me one time, and this guy was supposed to be a minister, that he said he thought God gave us husbands and wives each other to vent on. Now, what scripture is that? Where'd you find that? Huh? First imaginations. Uh, and that one should be cast down. What are you supposed to do with imagination? Cast them down. Bring every thought captive to the obedience. Uh-uh, uh-uh. God did not give you your family to vent on and take your fr And people say, well, you just, you have to let it out. How about not letting it in? Nah. Letting it out is actually yielding. Yielding to the flesh, yielding to anger, yielding to bitterness, yielding to wrong spirits. 
No. Letting it out is not the solution. Don't let it in. That's right. Didn't the Lord say, don't let your heart be troubled and don't let it be afraid. Mm-hmm. He didn't say vent it until you get to feeling better. No, don't let it get that way. Don't let it in. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yielding to it makes it worse. Mm-hmm. The more you rant and rave and yell and cuss and break furniture, the worse you're going to get. And you can't blame people for leaving you. People don't have to put up with that. They shouldn't put up with that. They don't have to. Well, they have to forgive me. They actually don't. They're commanded to, but they don't have to. They have a free will. They don't have to stay with you. They don't have to forgive you. They don't have to give you another chance. Hmm? No, they don't. They got a free will. No matter what they should do, doesn't mean they're going to. Or they're willing to. We should appreciate the people who tolerate us. <laughs> the people who know us and all of our idiosyncrasies and all of our shortcomings and still act like they care about us I want to be around us and want to talk to us. We should value that. Yes. We should highly value that. Yes. Because the truth is they don't owe that to you. They don't owe you their respect and their consideration and their time and all that it's, it should be something you appreciate that's not owed it's grace it's a gift and so you should give it to others like it's not owed you, love, you owe them love but I don't owe talking to you for an afternoon I can love you from afar. <laughs> that's actually way easier, right? I mean, walking in love with people that you never see, that's the best. <laughs> Are y'all okay? Keep, keep going. Keep reading. Verse 19, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. But rather give place unto wrath, for it's written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy hunger, do what? Say, well, that's just good enough. (laughs) Yeah. You sowed it, you're going to reap it, buddy. You know? This would be this would be mercy. This would be grace because you don't owe it to them. Can you see this, guys? This is grace. This has nothing to do with how they've they've been there for you. They've been against you. They've hurt you. They'd let you starve to death. But you're a believer. You represent Jesus. You represent the church. Is that right? You represent the love of God. People are supposed to see something different out of us. So you go ahead and feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. In so doing, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. Now this has to do with um, conviction. And uh, It's hard on a proud, mean person to receive help from somebody they hate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
That's tough on them. But you get hungry enough, you'll take something to eat. And look at that, the last verse that we finally got to my text. Well, we made it though, right? I mean, before the service is over. What does it say? Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. I want us to say that one a few times too. Be not overcome of evil. Say it out loud. Do not overcome evil with good. We might say it like this. Don't be overcome with evil. But what do I do though? With evil. You need to do something with it. It's around. What are you going to do with it? You overcome evil with good. That's how we deal with it. You don't. Right. Fight fire with fire. Mm. Hmm? So, well, that's that's what they do in the forest fire, you know. Well, there's other ways to get it out too. There's there's water. There's cutting off the oxygen. I mean, there's other ways to put it out. But when it comes to spiritual things and living life with people, you don't fight fire with fire. You don't give them back what they're giving to you. Why? Because what you sow, you're going to reap. Come on, can you see this? Why would the Lord tell us this in so many different ways and times? Because He doesn't want you to reap the same destruction or judgment that they're going to reap. He wants you to have a different outcome. But in order to have a different outcome, you're going to have to do something different than what they're doing with you. I mean, if you do the same thing to them that they're doing to you, why should they be judged and not you? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Can you see this child of God? Yes. And go with me to First Peter, and I think thinking about closing. First Peter and the third chapter. First Peter three. Everybody still okay? Did we read scriptures tonight? Scriptures are right, aren't they? I mean, no matter what you think or I think. And sometimes people say, well, well, I got a right to my beliefs. Actually, you don't. Not if you're a Christian. Now, if you're an unbeliever, you can believe anything you want to. Any lie you want to. But Christians are supposed to believe what the Christ said. They're supposed to believe what the Spirit of God said, right? Yes. Not just make up your own stuff as you go along. If you say, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, you're saying, I have submitted myself to the headship and lordship of the Christ. That means I'm no longer running my life. So no, you're not entitled to your own beliefs that you make up. You're supposed to believe what he said. You and me both. Every one of us. In uh, 1 Peter and the third chapter, he said, verse 8, I believe it is, we'll start. 1 Peter 3 8. 
He said, finally, be all of one mind, have compassion one of another, love as brethren, be pitiful or full of pity or compassion, be courteous. Well, that's a message right there, isn't there? Amen. Be courteous. <laughs> Is it spiritual to be courteous? Yes. Man, there there's, there's, could be a whole seminar on what the Bible says about kindness, yeah. being kind. And he goes on to say, not rendering evil for evil. That's what we just got through seeing in Romans. Or railing for railing. What's a railing? Well, that's coming down on somebody. Huh? Chewing them out. Straightening them out. Whatever you want to call it. Yelling at them. Screaming at them. Berating them. Have you ever noticed, no, nobody raise your hands now on this, but have you ever noticed if you get into a, an intense discussion with somebody, especially somebody you're close to, a spouse, family member, whoever, and there are times when if they bring up something bad about you that you don't like or some failure of the past, Immediately, you remember things they did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I mean, if you start talking, well, well, yeah, but what about the time? I mean, it comes back to you in vivid detail. I mean, you, and you can go on for an hour talking about all the way they messed up. It's like you're inspired. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Yeah. But not by the Holy Spirit. Right. By wrong spirit. Why? Because the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Right. He is the berater, mm. the demeanor, the devaluer. And if you are, are trying to come down on somebody, why would you do that? You want to make them feel bad. You want to make them ashamed. The Holy Spirit can't be anywhere around that. You just left him. Are y'all with me, friends? But the enemy will move right in. To give you language and bring everything to your remembrance about all their faults and failures and shortcomings. Why? He wants them beat down. He wants them devalued. He wants them berated. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to yield your mouth to the enemy. Amen. For him to speak through. Certainly not to somebody you say you love and care for. Mm -hmm. Said out loud, I, I choose, I choose not, not to yield my mouth, yield my mouth or my hands, my hands or my words, words to, the enemy, to the enemy to hurt people around me. Lord, set a, watch Lord, set a watch at the door of my lips, of my lips and alert me, alert lest I let the enemy use, the enemy use my, words my words to hurt others. Do you believe he heard that prayer? Do you, do you believe he'll answer that prayer? And so that can be one of those cases where you start to say something, like I said a moment ago, and you catch yourself mid-sentence and you go, mm, 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 no, no, this, this will not end up good. No matter what they said, spiritual people are not dominated by their feelings. 
Can you be a spiritual man, spiritual woman? You're supposed to be. You're supposed to be. And that just means you're led by the Spirit of God. Not your feelings, not your flesh, not what other people say and do. They're not controlling your responses. You choose to yield to what you know the Spirit of God gives you. And if you're not clear on that, you don't say anything, you don't do anything until you get clear on that. Right? You you shut it down. You go somewhere and cool off. You go somewhere and get quiet. You pray. You get some direction. You get some answers. The Bible says that, uh, you know, pleasant words heal and good words heal but there is that pierces like the uh, like a, a, an arrow or, or a sword and uh, words are very much like an arrow that's on the string of a bow as long as you're contemplating them and you haven't said them yet you still got your hand on the string hmm? But once you say it, you can't get it back. It's gone, and it'll find its mark, and can hurt people. And you can repent, and they can forgive you possibly, but you can't get it back. Hmm? You know, I had some friends of mine gave me a, a really nice compound bow. Uh, a few years ago. I mean, these things are lethal weapons, man. I mean, got the razor-tipped arrows and all that. And I, I've never used it, but it's neat. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but, but what if I came in here tonight and I'd had a bad day? Oh. I'm in a bad week. I'm in a really bad month, and I was so mad, and I was so upset, and I just wanted to... I just wanted to vent. I just wanted to, to get it out. And so I had my bow. And, and so I just said, I think I'll feel better if I'll just shoot an arrow. So boing, 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 boing. And then I cool off and I look up. And you're sitting there with an arrow. Blood coming out the side. I go, oh, man, I, I didn't mean to shoot you. I wasn't even aiming for you. Yeah, but you're still shot. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but I didn't mean to. Yeah, but you're still shot. You're still hurt. Still bleeding. Can we see what I'm talking about? That's exactly what it's like when we explode, when we vent, when we cuss, when we rail. As long as you hadn't said it, you got your hand on the string. And how many times we should have just done this? Okay, forget about that. Let me go think about this. Hmm? But you can see that's the big push. That's why people die in mobs. Is because the enemy is always trying to push people to the place where they are just mindless. They are so mad. They are so upset. They they are so bent that they don't really half realize what they're doing or where they are, what's going on. And the next thing you know, people are dead. Mm-hmm. That's the devil. Mm-hmm. That's the devil. That's why the the prophet prophesied that you wouldn't hear Jesus' voice in the streets. You remember that? He was never involved in anything like that. The Spirit of God is peace. 
Is that right? Love. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Goodness. Gentleness. Meekness. Temperance. That's the Holy Spirit. Am I quoting Scripture again? Is, it, yeah. is this right now? Yes. And so you must not let yourself get to the place. If you've yielded to it all your life, people have grown up in households where there is yelling and screaming and throwing and breaking and hitting. And they excuse it. They say, well, I'm, you know, I'm Italian. What can I say? I'm, I'm, this, I'm Irish. I'm... No, you're a Christian now. I said, you're a Christian now. Forget about all that. That's an excuse. And, but if you've yielded to that for decades and for all your life, you yield to it without thinking. Something has come up and you're just, next thing you know, you have exploded, you have said, you have done. And so you have to get a hold of yourself so that you are, are too slow in responding for a while. Mm -hmm. Until you can get yourself retrained. Mm -hmm. Are y'all with me now? Yes. Uh, because uh, the proverb talks about this: that uh, if you, the, the, the wise study to answer. And if you haven't trained yourself that way, then if you're in a conversation or something's going on, especially if something's a bit heated, then it'll all be over before you figure out what to say. You're like, okay, I don't want to say that. And, okay. And then they're like, I'm done. And they're out. And you go, yeah, but you didn't say anything wrong. Y'all with me, friends? And if you practice that, you'll get better at it and you'll get quicker at it. But you have to retrain yourself if you grew up in a household that just, you know, cussed each other out and fought and all that other kind of stuff. That's not good. That's not right. That's not godly. Sure, you can be passionate, but you don't hurt each other. Right? Is this okay or not? Y'all are kind of, kind of quiet in here. <laughs> you know, sometimes things come up that are close to home and uh, are, are right at home. And in that kind of service, you don't want to get too quiet because it makes you conspicuous. Right? If you're like... <laughs> people go... <laughs> what, you, what you want to do is go... Amen, Brother Keith. Yeah, somebody needs to hear that. And, yeah, and then when you get home, you can fall across the bed and go, Oh, God, oh, God, I repent. That's me. But in here, just be cool. Just look straight ahead. Smile and go, Amen, Brother Keith. Somebody needs to hear this. First Peter 3, let's, let's finish this, and then I think we'll be done for tonight. He said... Uh, Verse 9, 1 Peter 3, 9, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise, blessing. Same thing Spirit of God said through Paul, same thing the Lord said through Jesus, same thing. Knowing, now here is some insight into why. Is everybody awake? Yeah. This, is, this is some insight. Not just that it's the high moral ground. Right. It is... It is. 
But there's a lot more going on here. Why? Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing or chewing for chewing or whatever, but contrary-wise blessing. Why do that? Knowing that you are called thereto. Called to what? You're called to blessing. Not cursing. You're a child of the light, not of the darkness. You're a child of God, a child of love, not hate. A child of blessing, not cursing and judgment. But in order to keep in that flow, in that life, you can't get too mad and upset and start cursing when they curse or start trying to get back at them or start trying to pay them back because now you're going to get what they're going to get. You have unhooked from the blessing flow. No, knowing you that you should inherit a blessing. For he that will love life and see good days. Now we've come full circle to where we started. About living a a long life. And he's not just talking about just a long time. He's talking about a quality life. Hmm? A quality of life. Good. What he calls good days. Oh, somebody said that. Out loud, loving life and having good days. Oh, come on, loving life. That's now that that means you're enjoying the life of God and the life that God is giving you, and you are seeing, experiencing some good days. That's right here and now. That's that's right here and now. In the land of the living. Seeing and experiencing the goodness of the Lord. Here and now in the land of the living. He that will love life. And see good days. Let him do what? That's what we've been talking about all night. right? Refrain his or her tongue from evil. There's that word. What is evil? Bad. Injurious. Accusative. Demeaning. Berating. Somebody say, say it out loud, I don't do that. I don't yield my tongue to that. I, I don't yield my words to that. I don't yield my mind. Why? Because that is working with the accuser of the brethren, the devil. You don't want to do that, child of God. You don't want to yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness for him to use against each other. He that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Now guile has to do with deception. Zero lying. Lying is absolutely one of the worst things you can do in life. It's the language of the devil himself. God hates it. I didn't say he hates liars. He hates lies. He hates lying. Why? Because it's evil. And you should hate it too. Somebody say, I love the truth. And I hate lies. See, lies are taking billions of people to hell. Do you hate it? I hate lies. 
I hate lies. I love the truth. Yes. And I hate lies. So if you hate lies, you're not going to use them. You're not going to try to convince other people of something that's not true. Because that's what the enemy of their soul is trying to do to them every day of their life. Can you see? we we got to make sure we stay on the right side. We're not joining our adversary against each other. He said that, it, that they speak no God. Let him eschew evil. Now that's the same kind of thing. Abhor it. And shun it. And do good. There's that word. Can you see evil and good? Good and evil. Let him seek peace and ensue it or pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who will he be that harms you? That's evil. If you are followers of that which is good. Glory to God. I love God. I hate the devil. I love the truth. I hate lies. I love good. I hate evil. I'm a follower of good. Stand on your feet, everybody. Praise God. Praise God. Lift your hands. Lift your voices. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Part of what we call the Lord's Prayer is, deliver us from evil. Uh, lift up your hands. Sit out loud. Lord, deliver us from evil. We know Jesus has in redemption. Open our eyes. Give me discernment and understanding between what is good and what is evil. Thank you for helping me. Oh, praise God. Just lift up your voice. Pray in the Spirit some. Speak in other tongues if, if you do that. Kale brognose neha sanga neha no winji elo no in winje e winje lo manke luchinofa uh-huh ye wakine sutovo igamane olepepia ninde watoko nine wantia le soma profem piaeche listen just a moment just keep your eyes closed listen just a moment if you have made mistakes in the things that we were talking about tonight the Lord does want you to stop that and not do it again but he he does not want you to be in condemnation condemnation over it and and feel bad and guilty and ashamed that's why Jesus came was to give forgiveness and cleansing and washing so you do need to repent if you've been abusive if you've been railing and lying and and, and hitting and all these other things uh, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer so nobody stands out but you need to see to it that you receive what we're talking about at the end of this said out loud Lord I, I repent for any injurious thing any harmful thing any bad thing any evil thing against the people around me I don't want to do that I choose good and I despise I abhor evil and I receive your forgiveness I receive the cleansing and washing of the blood of the Lamb 
I receive the work of the Holy Spirit regenerating me and washing me and cleansing me. I receive the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you for washing me, forgiving me, cleansing me, making me clean and right in your sight. Hallelujah. Now lift up your hands and thank the Lord and pray some more in the spirit and give, give thanks in other tongues as well. Oh, Kowe, Ine Kowe, Oh, Sone Kowe, Ishne Baina Blia, Mason Compara, Prima Yungate, Ma, Wila, Nesa, Wila, Nonchura, Wila, Mensitipale, Ofia, Mintica, Win and Joy, Kewa Ninksa, Monda Veachi, Mayanete, Maro Ofa, Pime Yeke, Mala Onto, Jue Dea Esca. Oh, thank you. 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 Said out loud, faith is a choice. Love is a choice. Forgiveness is a choice. Like I said, I had the opportunity of working in healing school at Brother Hagin's ministry. And that coupled with other things, I've seen a lot of people in some bad situations, in some painful bad situations. And what I saw over the years and actually decades is having problems, even terrible pain, doesn't justify being mean. People use it as an excuse. But it it doesn't fly. It, it, it doesn't work. My grandmother, I saw her when I was a teenager. She, she had some things that caused her a lot of pain and a lot of discomfort. But I never saw her get mean. Never. And I saw some situations that, I mean, were really tough for her. And you could tell she was hurting or you could tell this or that. But she would she'd put on a smile and ask how you were doing. And you don't have to get mean just because you're hurting. And I've seen people that barely had anything wrong with them. Just get as mean as could be and just say and do all kind of stuff and demand all kind of stuff. No, no. It doesn't justify. It's not okay. I said it's not okay. And you don't have to be that way. And the thing is, if you if you keep doing that, you're going to wind up alone. And very lonely. And you can blame everybody and their brother, and it's not going to comfort you when you are completely alone. And nobody will involve you in their things or give you, you know, let you work in what they're doing or let you be a part. Mm -mm. Doesn't work. 
What you want to do is make a giant change. Huh? And let the Spirit, let the love of God. Come on, sit out loud. Put your hands on your your being and say, I I have the love of God. Shed abroad. In my heart. By the Holy Spirit. I will allow this love to control my being. I will be kind. No matter how I feel. People don't owe me things. I'm not a taker. I'm not a demander. I'm a giver. And because I give, it comes back to me. Hallelujah. Multiplying. Running over, it comes back to me. Can you say amen? Praise God. Pastor. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 